153 million orphaned and vulnerable children, and only half of 1% receive adoption. Who are the vulnerable? What is my responsibility? Why didn't my church inform me? The largest evangelical Christian adoption agency is my guest to explain in a refreshing and practical way the biblical imperative to care for the orphans. The ministry's unconventional approach of caring for human life, but not only by being pro-life, but by being pro-human flourishing. Herbie Newell, the executive director of Lifeline Children's Services, joins our conversation. Welcome. This is the Unconventional Ministry Podcast, where the conversation is about fresh ideas in ministry, innovative approaches, and collaborative efforts. I'm your host, Dennis Weens, Vice President for Ministry Partnerships at SAT7 USA. My guest today is Herbie Newell, Executive Director of Lifeline Children's Services. So, Herbie, welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Dennis, it's a pleasure to be here with you today and to talk about this life-giving ministry to orphan and vulnerable children. Yes, uh, we got a lot to talk about in the next few minutes. And uh, tell us just a little bit about Lifeline uh, Children's Services that you provide. Just uh, describe it in a minute or two. Yeah, so Lifeline is a ministry to orphan and vulnerable children. And ultimately, we want to equip the body of Christ, believers, as well as churches, to ultimately manifest the glorious gospel of Christ Jesus to these children and to their families and to their networks. And and we do that really in in five key phases. First is our maternity services. So we want to care for women who are going through unexpected, unplanned pregnancies uh, to show them the gospel of Christ Jesus and the way forward to choose life for their child. Kind of second is our adoption ministry, and that's global and domestic, that we're helping place children in Christian homes here in the United States, but also around the world. So placing Colombian children with Colombian believers in Colombia. Kind of the third phase of ministry is our family reunification or restoration and foster care. And so that's here in the United States, and that's trying to keep families together, put families back together that have been broken through our foster care system. And one of the things we want the church to see about foster care is so many times we look at it as broken, but what we have to realize is all of those mamas chose life for their children. They had other bad decisions that they made after their children were born. And we need to come alongside of those children and those women because these are lives that have been born. Kind of the fourth is our global orphan care ministry. And so we work around the the, the globe with churches, uh, indigenous churches to help equip them to live out God's command to care for the orphan and the vulnerable and the vulnerable family, uh, to see that work being done on the ground. And then fifth, and, and certainly not least, is our education and counseling services. So we realize that any child that has been vulnerable, any child that's lived in foster care or has been adopted, whether we want to look at it or not, has gone through some level of trauma. It's not natural for a child to be removed uh, from their biological parents. And so there's trauma there. And unfortunately, even more trauma many times is afflicted upon these kids. And our goal is to reach their heart for the gospel of Christ Jesus. But we can't do that if if they have trauma or learning disabilities or other things that, that are distracting them from the gospel message. And so through counseling and education, we really want to help work through uh, that those, those past hurts um, and, and really be able to reach their heart for the gospel of Christ Jesus and to help their families do that as well. Amen. And you're the largest evangelical adoption agency globally, or is that just in America, or is that globally? So it is globally, and interestingly enough, and, and we certainly don't have enough time to talk about that today, it's not, it's not a moniker that we were going for. 
But unfortunately, so many have either compromised uh, their commitment to uh, their biblical principles or have, have just slid out of this space because it's difficult. And so by default, that's, uh, that's the moniker we now have. We'll talk a little bit about the reasons for that uh, later on, but I, I read on your website 140 million orphaned and vulnerable children, and only one half of 1% will get adoption service. Uh, and I, I would think that's only the numbers that are registered. The need is far greater than that because a lot of them would go unregistered or unknown. Is that right? That's correct. So those numbers actually also come from UNICEF and the UN, which, as probably most of your listeners know, is is, is much more, uh, I hate to say conservative, but they're going to actually downplay those numbers. So we know that even from the reporting and those reported, we, we believe that's higher. And then, as you said, in third world countries and countries where reporting is certainly a lot harder, we know that there are, are probably millions and millions of more orphan and vulnerable children. We choose to use that number to be conservative and not to overshoot, but to help folks know there's at least 140 million orphans and vulnerable children. So we, we must be compelled to do something. I know in the SAT7 ministry, we do a lot for refugees, but uh, the refugee numbers people read about are only the numbers that of people, uh, refugees that have actually gone through uh, United Nations processing centers. There's a lot more uh, what are called IDPs, internally displaced peoples within countries that go mm. undocumented. And so the, the need is far greater than the numbers that uh, we see. And I was interested because you use on your website, you want to be not only pro-life, but pro-human flourishing. I really like that concept. Uh, and you've described in the five different things that your ministry focuses on how you want to help individuals, not only orphans, but mothers and uh, families be pro-human flourishing. Just talk to us a little bit about that concept of pro-human flourishing. Absolutely. Well, when we see you know, Jesus says so many times, and 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 probably most uh, quoted is John ten, uh, where he says, "The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life." But then he says, "But that you may have life more abundantly." And so we believe that God has created men and women, boys and girls, in His image. We see that from Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter two, and we know that He wants them to flourish. One. To, to, to display the glory of God, but two, to make the gospel of Christ Jesus known. And so I feel like in so many different spectrums, we have become anti-abortion and pro-life when it comes to life in the womb. But I think we start to measure up with a biblical ethic, but also a true whole life pro-life ethic when we're not just advocating on the uh, for the woman who's pregnant, but we're the, on the other side of the postpartum ward with open hands for a mother and child ready to serve, ready to help them, and ready to ultimately point them in the way that they should go. And so uh, we need to be looking at ways that we can help life. There are, there are children that are struggling with special needs that desperately need us to help out. And those are lives that were created in the image of God. Uh, many have probably seen the reports coming out of Iceland and other very liberal countries where they have almost decimated all Down syndrome births because they're, they're looking into the womb and, and they're exterminating and killing these children. However, I, as a, as a minister, we've been able to help so many kids that have Down syndrome and, and they're flourishing and, and they bring joy to their families. They bring joy to the earth and to the world. So as God's people, 
we are called to defend life, life that's born and life that's unborn. And, and we need to really make sure as the church that we're focusing on the life that is born. So even as we look at conflicts and, and wars and rumors of wars, you know, we need to know that those are image bearers of almighty God that are in the midst of those conflicts. And we need to, as the church, be compelled to go and to, to defend those image bearers of, of our Lord. Amen. And uh, I want to encourage those that are listening to this podcast that uh, you should reach out to Lifeline. Uh, They have a lot of resources. I'll put the website in the description, uh, show descriptions, and uh, give us some likes, uh, make some comments. Uh, If you have a story about adoption, to put that into uh, the comments as well. We'd like comments. And then uh, this is a big issue. And share this with your friends, share this with your church, because we need to rally the church, capital C to really come alongside these agencies. Uh, Herbie, you mentioned that by default, you've become the largest adoption agency. Uh, let's talk about some of the challenges uh, you face, uh, others face when it comes to adoption. What are, what are some of the challenges that are preventing adoption agencies from growing or really fulfilling their mission? Yeah. So I think one of the things that I would speak for all my brethren, even those that uh, would not claim faith or, or, or um, would not claim to be evangelical. I think overregulation uh, has certainly crippled the uh, adoption process. It's made it so much more difficult, both domestic as well as internationally, uh, in order to be able to create families through adoption. And uh, unfortunately, our government has has really even rallied other governments. Uh, to overregulate the process and to make it more difficult. And for those viewers who may not even understand the regulation and adoption, uh, I think most people are probably familiar with OSHA. And what we know about OSHA is they try to regulate clean air, but many times those who struggle the worst are those that are doing the best because they're always going to follow the rules. They don't want to pollute the environment, but by putting on crippling regulations, you actually put them, you put the best ones out of business. Those who always uh, are, are, are going to try to get around the law are still going to find a way to get around the law. And that's that's unfortunately what's happened uh, with adoption, both globally and domestically as well. It's made it extremely difficult for those who want to do it the right way. And then I think as believers, there's certainly been attack on the family. And while we certainly would look back to June 2014 and the Bergefeld decision by the Supreme Court, there's been an attack on the family since Genesis chapter three, where Satan was trying to divide husband and wife apart from each other and put them in complete disarray. And so that 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 war on the family has certainly affected many Christian organizations, and especially in our, our place. When you redefine the family and you say that now a man and a man can be married or a woman and a woman can be married, then you also say legally that they have a right now to children, because that's why we have a legalized marriage law in the United States is for the protection of children. And so that war has come to the doorstep of many evangelical organizations. And unfortunately, they've capitulated to the moral the new moral majority. And then I would say third, uh, there are so many trappings to take government, state, federal, uh, and even global funding. And that global funding comes with it, many strings that are attached. And and those strings force those that take that government funding to compromise. And so as a ministry, uh, our board, our staff, we've taken a pledge that we will not take any government funding or any funding that will cause us to, to compromise the mission, which is ultimately to show the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to vulnerable children. Uh, because Dennis, 
we can go and we can give water, we can give food, we can adopt, we can even put children in nice houses with picket fences. But if we do not uh, address the heart issue, if we do not introduce them to the gospel of Christ Jesus, then we are doing temporary fixes for an eternal problem. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people didn't realize the extent of the challenge that you face as an adoption agency. Let's bring the conversation now to the American church. I know you as a ministry provide a lot of resources. What what do you, uh, just give us an outline of some of the resources you provide for the local church to get more involved, to get more informed first, uh, so they can act upon that information they're getting. Yeah, two key day, days for every church. Uh, November, the month of November is National Adoption Month, and Orphan Sunday is the second Sunday in November. It's Global Orphan Sunday, so it's not here, just here in the United States, but churches around the world. That's a great entry place for your church to get engaged, and we have so many resources for that month. January rolls around, and it's Sanctity of Human Life uh, Month. The third Sunday in January is, is Global Sanctity of Life Day. That's a great day to even talk about how we can begin to advocate for life. But for any church, you need to start preaching the word, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. We see that the Bible is replete with God asking his chosen people, asking his sons and daughters to stand up. James 1.27 is probably the most quoted that pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God our Father is this, to look after orphans and vulnerable children and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. At Lifeline, we want the church to be the leader in caring for the orphan and caring for the widow and caring for the vulnerable. We want the church to be the hero. Parachurch organizations like Lifeline will come and will go, but the church of Jesus Christ is built on the rock and it will stand. And so we want to educate churches. We have plenty of equipping. We have over 500 trainings for your church. So depending on where your DNA of your church is, if you're more key towards foster care in your local community, if you're more key toward global orphan care or adoption or birth parent ministry, we have trainings, we have equippings that we can equip your church, even down to equipping your church nursery to helping when you have foster children, maybe coming into the nursery or children's ministry. How do we deal with those interruptions and how can we do that in such a way that we uh, allow our church to continue to flourish? And then we also want to help the church actually be the hands and the feet to the foster care system and to the global church. So, so many different ways it would take us another full podcast to even begin to to scrape where all these trainings go. But it's sufficient to say in 40 years of ministry of trying to equip the church, we have so many tools that we can equip your church to truly be one that that, uh, has pure and undefiled religion for the orphan and the widow. And you have the Defender podcast too. So give us the podcast, uh, how people can listen, and then your website uh, where people and churches can get more information. Yeah, so you can go to lifelinechild.org. That's lifelinechild, all singular.org. And you can get connected to the podcast. The podcast is the Defender Podcast. You can also look for that on Apple Podcasts or any of your podcasting platforms. It's the Defender Podcast. It comes out every Wednesday. And then we have another podcast as well called the Defender Bible Study. And it's a walk through scripture and looking how the word is pointing us towards defending the fatherless. And that's the Defender Bible Study. Uh, You can always go to any social media accounts and look for Lifeline Child, and we will pop up. Uh, And we would love to connect. And then last, our our team put out a a resource at the beginning of 2020 called Image Bears, shifting from pro-life to from pro-birth to pro-life. And you can go to any bookseller, Amazon, and find that. It's Image Bears, shifting from pro-birth to pro-life. 
Very good. And I encourage everybody to get on the websites and social media and, and get informed about uh, how uh, you can become more involved in this very important uh, ministry. I want to now shift and talk about what you're doing as a voice and advocate for orphans and vulnerable children in the House of Representatives and the Senate. You're very active there as an advocate. Uh, just talk a little bit about uh, your advocacy for the, uh, the, the orphan there in Washington. Yeah. Well, you know, in a time of great polarization, when we do look to D.C. and it feels like our representatives, our senators, our government cannot agree on anything. Uh, one of the encouraging things when I do go to D.C. is while many representatives and senators don't agree on the life issue, there is bipartisan coordination for children and for vulnerable children and the orphan. And so one of the biggest bipartisan groups is uh, the Congressional Coalition for Adoption. Uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar from uh, Minnesota, who is, uh, is a Democrat, as well as Robert Wicker, who is a Republican from Mississippi, actually co-chair uh, that caucus. And they're very active caucus and they're very helpful. And not too long ago, I was actually on a call with both Senator Wicker and Senator Klobuchar, and they really are looking for ways bipartisan ways to help uh, to really help reach out to orphan around the world, but also here at home. I think the big piece of, uh, of advocacy that we have that's unfortunately not quite as bipartisan as well is the life issue. You know, we can't help children that are never born. And so we want to advocate in Washington uh, for the sanctity of life and uh, that, that life is, uh, is, is, is life at conception. And so we want to do as much as we can, and not just on the side of the aisle that agrees with us, but also to advocate the side of the aisle that doesn't agree with us to help them understand why life uh, and, and, and the, the sanctity of life is such an important issue to our country and to the future of our nation. And so, you know, it's, it's challenging when you go to Washington, you see how uh, sometimes slowly things occur, but it's also encouraging, especially on the side of vulnerable children to see the bipartisan support and to see that you can truly go to both sides of the aisle and they're listened to you and help advocate for children around the world. Well, Herbie, this has been a very informative uh, podcast. I thank you for coming on and sharing and I encourage all of our listeners to get on your website and to get informed and learn about the imperative of scripture to come alongside the, the orphan, the widow, the vulnerable. Give your website again so we can make sure everybody gets on uh, that site. Absolutely. It's lifelinechild.org. Again, that's lifelinechild.org. And again, you can go to every social media outlet that there is. And if you search for Lifeline Child, one word will pop up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm sure there are others, but those are the three I know. Thank you, Herbie. It's great to have you on. And thanks for joining us. Dennis, what a pleasure. I'm grateful for your ministry and your voice as well. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7 as a broadcast media ministry is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thank you.